Hello and welcome to another episode of our program Develop. It is our absolute honor and privilege to have you with us in this episode. And we pray that the Lord will whisper his affection and affirmation to you as you encounter the power of his word today. Well, I'm so excited to share with you a brand new series, a seven part series, which we titled Take Off. And really, essentially, the whole series is about the Holy Spirit. Whether you are a Christian for a long time or a brand new Christians that, that a Christian that have made a decision to follow Jesus or whether you're exploring Christianity at this time, I believe this particular series will prove to be foundational for your understanding of God and your walk with God. Let me tell you that the Holy Spirit is God. Let me tell you that Christians believe in what we call the triunity God, the Trinity. And for some uh, people find it difficult to believe that we could believe in the three gods, but we do not. We believe in one God who manifests himself in three persons. It's like a three-dimensional God. And we're going to look at the Holy Spirit as one person in the Holy Trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, who is the expression of the mind of God, and God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life. And the reason why I'm so excited about sharing with you about the Holy Spirit is that Christianity cannot be lived properly without the power of the Holy Spirit. The reality is this. In life, we can live in two realms. We can live in the realm of the flesh that is in our own abilities aside from God, or we can live in the realm of the Spirit that is empowered, motivated, spurred on, encouraged, enabled to live life in such a way that exhibits the character of God. And that can only happen through the Holy Spirit. The, re the reality, friends, is this. You can have an experience of God that is with supernatural capacity. You know, when you see people live passionately with Jesus, when you see people live in such a godly uh, uh, way of behaving regardless of the temptations around them, when you see people live with immovable resilience in spite of the difficulties and hardship, when you see people live with love and unity with others, regardless of their differences, you are encountering someone who is living by the Spirit in the realm of the Spirit. They empowered supernaturally to live the life that Jesus came and lived on earth and offered to His followers to live as well. So let me give you uh, this little example of uh, the premise and the promise of this series that you can live in this life empowered, 
in such a different realm that you feel like you're flying, not merely walking. I put it this way, living by the flesh as compared to living by the Spirit. That means living by your own capacities, whether you're a Christian or not, as compared to living by the power of the Holy Spirit, is like walking on a plane as compared to flying by a plane. Simply said, there is a different way of living, a different mode of living, either walking or flying, walking or flying. And if you say, what does it really mean to have two separate realms? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the half of the New Testament inspired by the Holy Spirit, in a letter that uh, he uh, gave to Christians in Rome, and in Romans chapter 8, it says this, he mentions to uh, the Christians, you, however are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And here he's saying, since the Spirit of God lives in you, you can live in a different realm. You can, do, you can, you can fly instead of walk. He says, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that is the Holy Spirit, they do not belong to Christ. Essentially, you cannot be a follower of Jesus without having the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard some Christians say, I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Word? Well, you can't be a Christian without an understanding, embracing, and abiding in the Holy Spirit. And you say, okay, if I choose to just believe in Jesus and live the Christian life, you know, as hard as I can, as best as I can, you know, is that different uh, from living by the Spirit? It is completely different. If you have ever embarked an aircraft, you understand that you can be walking in the aircraft mid-air, but you're not really walking like you would be walking uh, you know, on, 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 on earth, you know, that you are so high up that it's, you couldn't possibly do that. The gravity would shoot you down and, uh, you know, spit you out. But the reality is when we are in the Holy Spirit, we can do the extraordinary. Let me give you some primitive reflections on the difference between walking and flying. Walking is ordinary. Anybody can walk. Healthy people can walk. But flying is extraordinary. Uh, that is, uh, you know, it's based on mechanical uh, functionality that we can't possibly do ourselves. It basically uh, it, it, it defies the laws of gravity. Uh, walking is a slow progress. You know, how fast can you walk? Uh, compared to how insanely fast you can progress if you're in a plane. Have you ever been 
in, in an aircraft and, you know, most people watching movies, but you're fixated on that map, which says the speed and the height of the plane. It's crazy fast. It feels like you're sitting in your seat and, and nothing is moving, but you look at the map and, and the distance that is being traveled in such a, a small period of time, no marathon runner, uh, no bicycle crazy freak race person can, can, can go that fast. No car racing person can go that fast. No steam train can go that fast. And obviously, walking is based on your human capacity, your fitness, uh, your endurance, your health. But as, as flying, uh, this is a completely different capacity, something that you don't have. You don't bring that capacity to your own progress. You don't bring that capacity to your own ability to, 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 to travel in, in that way. This is an external ability, as we said, a mechanical capacity capacity that is empowering your travel and you just enjoying something that you haven't labored for. In fact, you don't even understand the mechanical technicalities that uh, th that enabling uh, your travel in this way. And finally, as we said, walking is based on the natural laws. While um, you know, flying overcomes gravity, which it with its pull and enable you to basically live over and above the laws of nature in this way. And you know what? That is exactly the premise and the promise of living in the realm of the Spirit. You're able to live beyond your ordinary capacity. You're able to worship beyond your human abilities. You're able to progress spiritually in godliness and holiness beyond your slow progress, beyond your willpower. You're able to love other people beyond your human capacity. You're able to penetrate the pull of sin beyond the, the laws that govern this wicked system in which we live. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to come to the point in life where you say, whether you're a Christian or not yet, you say, I want to live in the realm of the Spirit. I want to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. I want to live in such a way where I do not take credit for my spiritual progress, just like you don't take credit from traveling from one continent to the other based on the skills of the pilot and the genius of the mechanical capacity of an aircraft. It's just you're a passenger, you know, carried by the power of the Holy Spirit because you surrendered to His control. And the reality, friends, is that if you haven't flown uh, in a plane, you don't understand, you don't get, you don't appreciate the privilege of being able to travel in such an extraordinary way. Uh, truth be said, uh, I grew up in Egypt uh, up until I was 15 and a half years of age. Uh, to be honest, aeroplanes were just pictures in books or you know when when an when an aircraft would would soar above our suburbs you know you see them 
but you don't know them. You know about them, but you haven't experienced them. And when my family was migrating for migrating from Egypt to Australia, was my first time ever that I embarked uh, in an aircraft and experienced what it's like. And uh, you know, with that, there is confusion. Like you're walking into a room, and you place your luggage somewhere. You put your seat belt, and and all of the sudden. And you have this, uh, you know, just theoretical understanding that we're going to fly somehow. And we're going to, within a couple of days, we're going to arrive to a completely different continent that we couldn't have been able to drive there no matter how hard we tried. You see, there was an element of confusion about the experience that we're going to encounter. I didn't know what it's like. To be in a plane. You could read about it as much as you want. You could have pictures of it. But you couldn't possibly understand what it's like to be in a plane. Unless you're in a plane. There is an element of confusion. I would almost say I was clueless of what it's like to be in an aircraft. You know, you walk in and like a big truck or a big, you know, building. You just walk through all these seats and and it's just your mind can't make sense. And because I never needed an aeroplane, you know, walking was good enough. I had a bicycle that was, you know, took me from, uh, you know, places that I needed to go to, to school or to church or to a, a, you know, our social club, whatever it might be. I even, you know, when it was far distances, a car would have been uh, extremely handy and helpful or even a train. I didn't even know that a plane was needed. In my own little world, a plane was not needed. I was clueless to the benefit because I did not need it. And also, I, I, I could honestly say there was an element of concern. You know, I heard all these uh, little stories that people say with good intentions that some planes crash and, and you, know, you know, you can have uh, difficulties on the plane or you can get sick on the plane. And, and all those things that make it a little bit edgy it was exhilarating. At the same time, it was pretty scary. And, uh, and, and you feel a sense of concern until you finally, uh, thankfully, you know, the, the pilot will have the capacity to land this safely and that, you know, things wouldn't, uh, you know, turn out to be a disaster like the stories that you hear. And I would dare say many of us in our Christian walk can experience similar feelings. And this could be metaphorical of our understanding of the Spirit. Some of us are confused about it. Some of us are clueless of the need of even embracing this whole thing of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are concerned. They may have encountered some weird people who called themselves spirit people, but they were a bit off center they they were sensationalist they they did stuff that you think oh this is the, i i don't really feel comfortable in that environment 
And this is natural. Uh, this is very easy to understand that our experiences, our observations, our readings, our encounters with people uh, very much define our expectations of things that we haven't encountered yet, just like uh, our experience that we, if we haven't yet encountered a relationship with the Spirit of God yet. Once we embark on the aircraft and experience the extraordinary benefit of being on an airplane as compared to walking, you then say, I don't want to travel any other way. Uh, you know, this is amazing. And I dare say, friends, this would be your experience if you have already encountered the Holy Spirit in your Christian life. The Holy Spirit is essential. The Holy Spirit is critical. And I would dare say to you that you can't live life with Christ to its fullness, you can't experience what it's like to live up to your full potential in Jesus unless you have the Holy Spirit empowering your life. And I feel sad and I feel heartbroken that some Christians do not embrace the Holy Spirit because of past negative experiences or because of some weird people that scared their encounter of the Holy Spirit. But I want to invite you back. I want to say to you that Jesus himself said to his disciples that it's good for you that I will depart planet earth so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. You imagine that, that Jesus is saying that it's better for the disciples that he would die and rise and be ascended to heavens so that he can send the Holy Spirit to them. It was a happy thing. You can imagine how awesome the experience, how brilliant the encouragement of having Jesus as your very own friend, your pastor, your leader. You can feel so secure, you can feel encouraged, you can feel fired up about praying with Jesus. But Jesus says, there is something better, there is more. You can have the Holy Spirit, which is now with you through Jesus, but will be in you because of the Holy Spirit. So allow me, friends, if I can, in a little time I have left, to share with you Jesus' very own articulation about the Holy Spirit. And this is recorded for us in a biography of Jesus written by his friend John. And it is in what we call the farewell discourse just before Jesus uh, was about to be crucified and, uh, and, 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 uh, and resurrected. And here he's sharing his last few words with his disciples and front and center from John 14 to John 16 he has the understanding of, he gives them the understanding about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was critical for Jesus because the Holy Spirit is critical for any 
person that wishes to live like Jesus. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14. And uh, I'll just read you an extract of what he said from verses 16 to 17 and verse 26. And this is what he says. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. How come Jesus? For he lives with you and will be in you. And then in verse 26, it says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And he finishes it off by saying, Peace. I leave with you my peace I give to you. Have you noticed that twice in this little extract and little passage passage we see the triunity God, the triune God. Jesus says I will ask, that's the second person of the Trinity, Jesus the incarnate Son of God, uh, who is fully God and fully human. He says, I will ask the Father, the first person of the Holy Trinity, and He says, and He will give you another advocate, the Spirit of Truth. We see the triune God in this discourse of Jesus. And from this little passage, I want to share with you three things, three realities about the Holy Spirit that you cannot forget so you know the person of the Holy Spirit. Number one, He is God. Number two, He is a person. And number three, He is a comforter or an advocate. First, He is God. And He is the third person of the Trinity as we've seen in this passage and others like Matthew 28, 19. And the Spirit of God was present from creation and before creation. You read in the very first book of the scripture in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 that the Spirit hovered over the earth. The Spirit of God was there. That's why we hear in the creation narrative that God says, let's make a man in our image. It's the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We also learn through the scripture that the Spirit of God gives life to humanity as it happened in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It also tells us in the Psalms that you sent your Spirit and He gives life, Psalm 104. But we also learn from Jesus that the Spirit is an eternal God. Who else can live within you forever? He says that He is with you. That means He is with you in the person of Jesus because He's the Spirit of Christ. But He will be in you forever. Who else can have an eternal existence from before creation up until the end but 
a, an eternal God. So he is of the same essence. That's why Jesus calls him, he is the spirit of truth. You know that all persons of the Trinity are linked to the word truth. That, that in Isaiah 65, 16, we see it in John 14, 6 and John 14, 16 and 17. Every person of the Trinity is uh, associated and linked to the idea of truth. That's the essence of God. The first thing is the Holy Spirit is God. The second thing that I need you to know, the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as He and not it. There is a personal pronoun. He is a divine being. He's not a force. It's not like, uh, may the fourth be with you. You know, so many people are scared of the Holy Spirit because he, he is viewed as if he's like a force that comes in and takes over and knocks people out and, and freaks people with manifestations. But the Holy Spirit is a person. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is not a male or a female. He's a divine being. He's a spirit. But he has the characteristics of a person. As we see in Romans 8.27, that he has a mind. Uh, we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, that he has a will. And in Ephesians 4, 30, he has feelings that you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a being. He is a person. He has a personality and he wants to interact intimately with God's people. He's not an inanimate type of force. Then the third and final thing, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. You know, when Jesus said that my father will send an, a, another comforter or another advocate, the word another here means another but of the same kind. So, for example, if you have messed up your phone and went and said, I'm going to buy another phone, but your iPhone troubled you so much, you mean by saying, I'm going to buy another phone, that you're going to buy a Samsung, for example. Uh, this is uh, not a supported uh, promotional ad in, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a, a silly example. Uh, a Samsung is another phone, but of not of the same kind. And Jesus could have used that word. But Jesus used a word of saying, it's another phone of the same kind. You're getting another iPhone, maybe a better one. And you know what? In, 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 in this particular context, the Holy Spirit is another comforter, is like Jesus to the disciples and to the Christians. But rather than being in one place only at any given moment, the Holy Spirit is within us all the time, every single moment of the day for those who call Jesus their Lord and Savior. The word comforter is actually parakletos, which uh, is a defensive lawyer that is called alongside a person to assist them. The Holy Spirit is your defense lawyer. The Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit has got your back. The Holy Spirit is coming to assist you. In fact, the word comforter comes from two Latin words that means with strength. That means the Holy 
Holy Spirit comes to give you strength. He is the one that has all the strength that you need in order to live a life that is pleasing to God, that is so loving to others, that is so godly in the inner being, that is so influential in the world. You cannot live life for Jesus without the strength and the power and the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Imagine that. Imagine having Jesus with you every moment of every day. Imagine having Jesus whispering His wisdom. Imagine Jesus giving you His muscles. Imagine Jesus giving you His heart to love others. Imagine Jesus give you His insight and abilities to see with the wise way He sees the world. You know, this is possible for you. You can have that experience of God. You can have enjoy, you can enjoy a life that is supernatural and extraordinary on a completely different realm if you embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Friends, allow me to conclude with this. And please hear my heart behind it. This is not a judgmental saying, but I would say to you, you have no life in your spiritual life without the spirit of life. You have no life in your spiritual life, even if you know all the books of the Bible, even if you volunteer your activities in a church environment, even if you teach people biblical truth without the Spirit of God, you have no life in your spiritual life. It's a, it's, it's a drain. It's excruciating. It's almost like uh, you know, pushing a truck uphill, but you can have life in your spiritual life because of the spirit of life and that's why I'm so excited over the next few episodes to encourage you and motivate you to draw near to the triune God Father, Son and Holy Spirit enabled by the Spirit of God until then be utterly blessed in Jesus <music>